Good morning. It's Iowemala, and I'm talking to you from Northern Illinois. I just realized the Buddha's head is cut out of my... I need to get him all in, or... Or let him be out. Maybe that's better. Okay. <laughs> We're doing it as we go. Um, I'm Ayawimala, and I wanted to go back today to one of our favorites, Utejaniya, who is, uh, we talked about and I've read from several of his books. This is Dhamma Everywhere, wisdom, welcoming each moment with awareness and wisdom. And these are, he's got several little, they're little kind of smaller books, but they're really easy to uh, read sections of them as you practice or want to be inspired or when you have questions. And he's, he also has a website and he teaches, he's still teaching. So, um, Sayadaw Utejaniya or Ashin Tejaniya, but his uh, as, as a monk, his name is Sayado Utejaniya. So he lives in Burma, uh, Myanmar, and he was a householder before he became a monastic, so he has lots of experiences as both. But we've read a lot in this book, but I wanted to go back and start start at the beginning of this book. And it's just beautiful reminders if you are a, a practitioner, if you practice meditation regularly, or if you're thinking about it, or uh, it's kind of a once-in-a-while thing, just a deeper understanding of it. But this is such beautiful writing that I think he really brings out, he really brings out the most important qualities so so much light. So what a what a nice problem to have that there's too much light. Okay. <laughs> so this is the beginning of this beautiful book, Dhamma Everywhere. And it's called the the first chapter is What is Mindfulness Meditation? So we're, you know, constantly talking about it and that it's it's the uh, foundational practice in the Pali Canon, in the Buddha's teachings. What is mindfulness meditation? Let's talk a little bit about meditation. At this center, we practice satipatthana, or mindfulness meditation, on the four foundations of mindfulness. And the four foundations are the body and feelings and our mind and uh, dhamma. And in this sense, the word dhamma means all phenomena. All, everything, everything that uh, that we can see or imagine. However, before we begin, we need some clarity on what we are doing and why we are doing it. There's never too much of that, right? To find more and more clarity about why we do it. Or some of us, we may, you may not be quite sure why you do it, and you're in the process of finding out, are you doing it because it's uh, meaningful to you or it 
has affected your life or your mind. It's important to begin this practice like we would begin any major project with an understanding of the ideas and underlying principles behind what we will be doing. We need the right background information and right ideas regarding the nature of mindfulness meditation so that we can practice skillfully. We don't want to start blindly. What is mindfulness meditation? What is our purpose in practicing? What kind of mind and what kind of attitude should there be when we are meditating? How do we practice? To me, mindfulness meditation is basically working to transform the mind. Meditation is about cultivating wholesome states of mind, nurturing a Dhamma mind, and bringing out the good qualities of the mind. Mindfulness meditation is not work done by the body or work done by objects. And he means by that what, what is happening, what is being observed, explained further in the section, what are objects. So uh, he's, right now he's just saying it's not about the objects, but very soon he talks about that in the book. Objects do not meditate. It is the mind that meditates. That's why meditation is called mind work, and that's why you need to know about the mind. How do you know that there is a mind? Do you know that you have a mind? How do you know that you have a mind? You can see or observe the mind through its workings, its functions. Functions like knowing, thinking, experiencing, feeling, wanting, focusing, and etc. Now put your hands together and look at your clasped hands. You know that your hands are touching, right? How do you know this touching sensation? What is the mind doing that you are able to know this? You know because the mind is aware and paying attention to it now. Do you know that the mind is paying attention and aware? Would you know that your hands were touching if your mind was thinking about something else? No. So you can see that it is not merely because your hands are touching that you know, but because the mind is paying attention and awareness is a quality that is part of this attention that you know they are touching. Can you shift your attention from your palms to your feet? You can, right? The shift in attention is actually the mind at work. It is the mind paying attention if you know that you are paying attention, then you are aware of the mind. There is no need to go searching for the mind, as everyone more or less knows it. Knowing, thinking, planning, and intentions are all workings of the mind. It's just not as easy at first to recognize the mind as it is other objects because of a lack of understanding of what the mind is. Persistence. What kind of effort do we need when we are meditating? 
this is a really important section. Right now, many people know of only one type of effort, which is energetic forcing effort. However, it is wrong effort when it is modified by, by defilements, like craving, that's lobha, aversion, which is dosa, or delusion, moha, and those are the Pali words. So let me read that sentence again. However, it is wrong effort when it's motivated by defilement. This kind of effort will only feed more defilements in the process. How then do we meditate? We use the wholesome effort and the right effort of patience and perseverance in our practice. And that wholesome effort is kusala. You'll hear that a lot. Wholesome or skillful. Awareness, which is sati in Pali, awareness needs to be balanced. Confidence in oneself and faith in the practice should be balanced. Effort or energy should also be balanced. These spiritual faculties, along with stability of the mind, and that's an important word, that's samadhi. Sometimes uh, I think misdefined as concentration, but it's stability of the mind is that samadhi. These spiritual faculties, along with stability of mind and wisdom, make up the five spiritual faculties working together in meditation. We can't say we are practicing insight meditation, which is vipassana, when we are just focusing or paying attention, because vipassana is the practice of learning about mind and body processes. Here's a little uh, snippet. Insights don't have an opportunity to arise when we are very intent on one object without exploring or investigating what is happening. So it takes that exploration, um, that investigation for there to be insight from something that we may experience. Who is meditating? You are not meditating. It is the ideas operating in the background, in the mind, that are meditating. If these underlying ideas are wrong, then the rest of the meditation will be done in the wrong way. Only the right idea, right attitude, and right understanding in the meditating mind, the mind that's aware, or the observing mind, do you have right practice. The information in this book, the Dhamma discussions, Dhamma discourses, and reminders are all meant to give us right information. We then use this information, what we have learned, heard, and know about right practice, as well as our intelligence during the practice, and that's clearly a type of of wisdom, in order We then use this information in order for wisdom to develop. We need right view and right thinking. We also need inquiry and Dhamma investigation.
which is the investigation of phenomena and reflection on how we are observing or practicing while we are practicing. The emphasis is on the need for wisdom along with the awareness, also referred to as awareness plus wisdom in this book. Remember, that's the piece he's... uh, He uses that term, awareness plus wisdom, as a way to understand the concept better. So that the wisdom acquired through direct experience has a chance to arise. The meditating mind, the mind that's aware, or the observing mind, needs to be a Dhamma mind, a wholesome mind. We have right meditation only when we practice with a wholesome mind. We can't say we are meditating properly when we are practicing with craving, aversion, or delusion, or ignorance, operating in the meditating mind. So let me explain that a little bit with this. When we practice with wanting or expectations, we are meditating with greed. When we practice with dissatisfaction and discontent, we are meditating with aversion. When we practice without having a real understanding of what we are doing, we are meditating with delusion. A part of the work in meditation is to begin to recognize unwholesome tendencies when they arise. We can't help having these motivations while trying to meditate. So, those things coming up, there's nothing wrong with that. That will happen to all of us. Those unwholesome tendencies can arise. We can recognize when there are wrong or unwholesome tendencies and when there are right or wholesome tendencies and their corresponding effects. This means learning what is wholesome and what is unwholesome. To do this, we use the theoretical information we get, as well as our intelligence and wisdom, while practicing to recognize when there are defilements in the mind. We also need to appreciate this process of learning. So those defilements are any uh, in the mind, or those things that are. Uh, primarily made up of craving or aversion or uh, come from a place of delusion or ignorance. We also need to appreciate this process of learning. So learning this way, learning to recognize and learning to understand what is wholesome and what is unwholesome, that's a process of learning. What are objects? We often use the word objects. What is the meaning of an object? An object is something that is known by the mind. There is always something happening, so there is no lack of things to observe. That's why, really, there's no reason for us to ever be bored when we're meditating, because uh, we will always find, we can always find objects to have as the object of our attention. If we get bored with our breath, if we, if there, there are always other things going on. 
They are all happening or arising according to their nature. In mindfulness meditation, we are not controlling our experiences. We observe when something happens or arises. The mind's attention is attracted to it, and so we observe it. The nature of an object is to be known, sensed, or experienced by the mind. So we can't, we don't control. We are, and he says here again, we are not controlling our experiences. So we talk about not controlling our thoughts. Not, don't try to, don't try, don't struggle to control the thoughts. Just watch them arise and then we can see them go away as well. But he's also saying we are not controlling our experiences when we meditate. We're watching whatever arises. That's, that's really important. That controlling our experiences is, is, is part of that forced effort that he's saying that's not meditation. In any given moment, there are many, many objects arising at the six sense doors that the mind can possibly, there are more than the mind can possibly be aware of and know. How many sense doors are there? There are six. How we observe the sense objects is the mind at work. While we need an understanding of the object side, we also need to recognize that meditation is not done by objects. Meditation is done by the mind. That's why in order to practice well, it's important to understand that the mind, including how it observes, how it works, and its underlying attitudes, what kind of mind are we meditating with? When we are focused on an object, we can't see the workings of the mind. When we look through the glasses we are wearing at what we want to see, we may not realize that we have glasses on. Likewise, if there's too much focusing on objects, we no longer see the mind, what it's doing or how it's operating. If we don't concentrate so much on an object, we may at least realize that we are wearing glasses. That's how the mind works. That's why I caution you not to focus if your goal is to get a complete picture and to understand the nature of minds and ob of mind and objects. Do you understand? When you practice the difference between what you observe and how you are observing, or the act of, of observing, will become even more clear. In other words, this knowledge of the object and the mind will become more clear. You recognize for yourself, oh, this is object and this is mind, and that their natures are different. You'll see this as you are practicing. I am explaining this to you now so that you have the information to help you when you are meditating. So what we're, what we're looking for in our meditation is that recognition for ourselves. Oh, this is object and this is mind. Think about this carefully. 
Are you practicing mindfulness meditation when you sit and focus on an object? Is it mindfulness meditation when you are just paying attention to something? No, that's just focusing on an object. Or what if you are just being aware? What if the meditating mind is full of unwholesome mental qualities? Let's say you are knowing, watching, or being aware. What is object? Mind and or the body. And what is mind? Or in other words, what is being observed and what is doing the observing? Shouldn't you investigate this? Can this kind of investigation, can this kind of investigative quality arise in a meditator who is intent on observing objects? Can a yogi who is just contented with peaceful mental states get insight into the nature of the mind and body? No. The yogi or the meditator will just cling to that peaceful state working to stay longer in that state. There's no possibility for wisdom to arise then. So in mindfulness meditation, we don't need to cultivate or work on objects or what we observe. We can and will need to develop how we observe. So we know that part of our learning meditation is to learn to find that tranquil state and that calm state but that's not that's not where we stay that's not the end of it that's the beginning of learning to meditate and that's a wonderful state to have but then the observation and the the what is actually mindfulness meditation practice that's kind of the very beginning of it so we don't want to get stuck there just because it feels good We do this by first noticing or acknowledging how the mind is already observing. Is it agitated or calm? Is there some kind of wisdom present? And then he he talks about, he'll talk about, in the Awareness is Not Alone book, he talks on different kinds of wisdom. You don't need to try to change how the mind is observing. You do want to take note of how it is observing and the corresponding effects of observing in that way. Over time, you will notice different causes and effects. When you have repeatedly observed and seen different scenarios, you will begin to better understand the relationship of how the state of mind and the thoughts in the mind affect the way you feel about the object of what you are observing. I'll read one, uh, two more paragraphs, short paragraphs, and then we'll stop with that. Because this, so start with any object. Start with an awareness of any object. As you maintain awareness, keep checking. Is the mind at ease or not? Is it relaxed? What is the attitude of the mind? Keep checking. Be mindful that you are not just intent on objects. While being mindful in walking, keep checking the mind to see whether it is impatient or relaxed. 
Is that hard to know? No, you just have to keep checking the mind, right? Is it hard to be aware of the mind? At this point, it's fine to be aware of more apparent mental states and workings of the mind. Don't go looking for anything subtle just yet. How is the mind? Is it feeling at peace or is it tense? Is it tired? You can know, can't you? Observe the mind. What is happening? Here are some things you might want to know. With what kind of mind are you being aware? And how does the mind feel when you are aware of this object? So what, what's the quality of the mind? And how does it feel with your awareness of whatever the object is? Try to observe mind-object relationships like this. It is important to have an awareness of these kinds of causal relationships and connections in practice. So let's stop there. Um, I think these are good points for us to remember no matter how much experience we have. Just um, the observing, there is the observing mind and there is the object. And so that's important to distinguish them, right? And what is the quality of the mind? I like those two questions. With what kind of mind are you being, are you being aware? And how does the mind feel when you are aware of this object? So, I think I've used up our time for today. So, I hope this was, uh, regardless of where you are in your practice as a beginner or very experienced, I hope this was useful to you. I think dipping back into some very basic things that we talk about in terms of meditation, uh, working with the Buddhist teachings, there are lots of there are lots of kind there are lots of secular mindfulness meditation experiences available and teachers and uh, endless amounts of programs and those can be very helpful in in the biz, I guess in the business world or the education field um, but if you're studying the Buddha's teachings we have to remember that we're we we have a different set of guidelines very often or different goals, and we don't want the, our goals to be uh, combined with uh, trying to uh, get something or uh, get rid of something. You know, we're we're working on on a different for on a different uh, the different set of guidelines. So some different goals. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope that was useful. You can let me know if it was or it wasn't, if you like. Um, and I'll see you Thursday, Thursday morning. Thanks. Have a beautiful day. Thanks for being part of my practice.